with WandaVision. What made you want to be part of, of this world? Child, that has <laughs> been a childhood dream to be a Marvel superhero. Um, yeah. I, can, I can even remember, I've always said that, like, I want to be a superhero. And then when the MCU opened up, I think I was in college, and then it was like, oh, I want to be a Marvel superhero. I remember uh being in college and school and going to see uh or right out of school I can't remember um like Iron Man and just seeing women who would kick ass in these kinds of movies and I was like I want to do that and I don't know how or why because black women are not often afforded that opportunity most of all of the women that I was watching were not black women um so it was like uh, okay right sure um that's not gonna happen or <laughs> who knows you know um and then it happened and i wasn't <laughs> when i tell you it was not on my radar at that moment it was not yeah. on my radar but i'm very grateful to be a part of this um universe and monica rambo is such <laughs> yeah She's yeah. such a badass in the comics, and I just can't even believe that this is happening. This is full-on action movie mixed with sitcoms. It's it's wild. It's wild. I think people are going to be very, very excited. Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Blur himself, and thank you all for joining me on this wonderful, magnificent ride. (laughs) So this week we will be discussing none other than Miss Monica Rambeau. Now, we all know that WandaVision is right around the corner, like literally around the corner. So it made sense that we would discuss... (laughs) One of the most important characters in Marvel history, Monica Rambeau. Now, before diving too deep into the lesson today, or the issue rather, I would like for you guys to go on over to Twitter, Carefree Blurred, and follow me, Carefree Blurred, C-A-R-E-F-R-E-E-B-L-E-R-D. <laughs> Use that hashtag CBNPod when you're listening to this episode. Do a little live tweet. Let me know you're out there. Let me know you're with me. Oh, yeah, we are the blurs. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so, yeah. So, with uh, WandaVision coming, like, literally right down the, down the street. I see her. I see her at the, uh, at the end of the corner. We're going to go and discuss Monica. Now, you might be like, well, what the fuck does Monica have to do with Scarlet Witch? Well, Monica Rambeau is a fictional character. She is a Marvel Comics hero created by Roger Stern and artist John Romita Jr. Now, she debuted in The Amazing Spider-Man Annual 16. That was in October of 1982. So, what would she be to... Coming up on 40. I think it's like 39 years old. Maybe hitting 40. Uh, Monica was introduced and... Looking at live action, Akira Akbar portrayed the young Monica Rambeau, Rambeau, excuse me, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In Captain Marvel, uh, in 2019, we saw a pretty little young girl, big hair, dark-skinned. Her mother was Maria. Now, the adult version of Monica Rambeau will appear in the upcoming 
Disney Plus series, WandaVision, in 2021, which is our year that we're in now. She will be portrayed by Tiana Paris. Now, that should answer your question, so don't keep asking. <laughs> no, so Monica is a character who I have wanted to discuss for a while. Um, I don't... Mm, when Captain Marvel came out, I was going to do it then, but I was like, oh, let me hold off because I knew that with Captain Marvel being a prequel of sorts, there was going to be a time jump and we were going to get an older Monica. So I didn't want to really dive into her then when, oh, was she on screen like maybe 10 minutes, like the little girl? Um, because she will be, well, what seems to be a more active participant with a larger role in the WandaVision series, I feel like this was appropriate. Now, huh, let's, uh, I don't know, let's go over a few things. So, she's a Marvel Comics character. Uh, she first appeared as Captain Marvel, and that was in Amazing Spider-Man October of 82. She appeared, she's had tons of different names. Um, as Photon, that was in Avengers Unplugged, that was issue number five in June of 1996. She appeared as Pulsar in New Thunderbolts number nine, that was in August of 2005, and as Spectrum in The Mighty Avengers issue number one in November of 2013. Ooh, okay. So, with all those different shit she had going on, let's do this. Let's play a drinking game. Whenever I switch to a new code name for Monica Rambeau, take a shot. <laughs> okay, so she's been affiliated with Next Wave, Avengers, New Orleans Harbor Patrol, Mighty Avengers, Ultimates, and she has the ability to absorb energy, generate and manipulate that energy, the ability to travel at speeds of up to the speed of light when her, in her energy form, convert her body into any form of energy within the electromagnetic spectrum, and travel in energy form through the vacuum of space. Like, it's pretty badass if you ask me. And I wonder if this is like an offshoot of black characters with electricity powers. Like, <laughs> Static Shot, uh, Black Lightning, Lightning, Storm. Like, all of these black characters with these very electric or electric adjacent powers. We're not going to go there. So... There's been a few phases in her career, in her Marvel appearance career. And taking it back to WandaVision for a second, I'm really excited to see her. So oh, there's a person online, and forgive me, I cannot remember their Twitter handle right off the top of my head. But I posted something last year, November, December, about WandaVision, about how I was excited that it was coming out. And then I noticed a black woman on the... Um, the artwork like the movie poster for it and i zoomed in i said now hold the fuck up who is this and some girl or woman excuse me i can't remember the name but she was like yeah that's monica rambeau and i was like man how the hell did i miss this and she was like no i went on youtube and i went down this long rabbit hole of who is this and who is that and that has to be monica rambeau which of course it is so that being said i'm excited that we're getting her um i i Okay, I'm really excited for WandaVision because it's something that's so different 
than all the other Marvel properties we've gotten so far. And there was a time last year where I was honestly getting tired of the MCU, which is an odd thing to say because they weren't pumping out movies every year like they had been. Like 2020, as you all know, was not the year, was like a year of, of like shifting. And there was a time I was like, I'm just, I'm tired of the MCU. I don't know what it was. Like even with comic books, I was like, man, I've, I had collected so many and hadn't cracked open a single one. So with the Disney Investor Day and then with this like being confirmed that this was Monica Rambeau, it really had me kind of recharged because I'm hoping that Marvel does everything right. Uh, you can't expect everybody to get everything right all the time, but this is a big ass company with social media presence, hands in every fucking pot. Shit, we're getting a Tiana uh, movie and a whole bunch of other stuff. So all that being said, to bring it back home, I was excited to see this beautiful, dark-skinned woman. The images that we've seen of her has her with this big-ass afro, which I'm, I'm with, that's fine. Uh, but with the nature of WandaVision from what we've seen with the, the, with the, like the short trailers... They're bouncing around. They're doing a bunch of shit. It's like Stepford Wise meets like, I don't know, some space shit. Like, it's a lot going on. So I'm hoping that because we're jumping through time and shit, which it appears as though that's what we're doing, that we get some mixing and matching of some Monica Rambeau and not just with an afro, which is fine. But like, give her the same variety you're giving everybody else. But I digress. So let's get back. <laughs> Um, let me know though, use the hashtag CBMPod and let me know, is Monica one of your favorite characters? Uh, do you not even like her? Did you know who the hell she was before turning on this episode or before um, seeing her name in the credits on WandaVision? For those of you who are listening from the future, let me know and tell me a little bit about Monica. What's your favorite appearance of her? What's your favorite code name? So let's get to the publication the 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 real world stuff so she was created by roger stern and john ramita jr of course she first appeared in the amazing spider-man annual 16 in october of 82 now when we talk about the visual cues and the visuality of the character uh john ramita jr noted that originally the character was intended to look like none other than pam greer but her appearance was changed right before publication, which, I mean, that happens, I believe. I don't want to say it happens a lot because I'm not on the um, payroll at any of these companies. But it seems as if that's not something that's foreign. And Pam Greer, mm, for those of you who don't know, please do a quick Google search. Um, yeah, so he said, and I quote, I just took some reference on Pam Greer because I loved her, always loved her. And at the last moment, somebody said, well, we need to use this woman here because they thought maybe Pam Greer wasn't as good looking as the model they found. It was fine because by the time she got done with the other artists, it ended up looking like a generic black character anyway. Which is like, eh, okay. Okay, so... When I discuss representation, it's not enough to have representation on the page or on the screen. And you have to have that same representation behind the scenes and behind the screen. This is one of those examples. Regardless to however the hell unattractive or attractive you think Pam Greer is, 
this is a superhero comic, you're creating a superhero character, how many black women were running around in Marvel Comics with agency and superpowers that weren't tokens and didn't serve the, the narrative of the rest of their white counterparts? So, like, even if you thought, I don't know, I don't know. You, well, you already, look, new listeners, get used to this. Old listeners, you already know what's on in my mind. So, after her debut... Uh, she appeared throughout the entirety of Stern's five-year run on The Avengers. Now, ultimately, she became the team's leader and later made numerous appearances as a reserve member after her departure from active duty. Uh, even later still, she received two one-shot titles, both written by Dwayne McDuffie and illustrated by Mark D. Bright. Uh, she also starred in Avengers, Avengers, Avengers Unplugged, issue number five. And then she returned in the Avengers volume three with the very sporadic appearances between issues one through 59. Can you believe that? One through 59. Now, during this run, she also appeared in Avengers Infinity, uh, issues number one through four. That was in September through December of the year 2000. Um, Maximum Security, that title in issues 2 and 3, both of which were in January of 2001. She appeared in Thor, Volume 2, that was issue number 30 in January of 2001, and The Avengers Annual in 2001. So it's like, 2000, 2001 was kind of her year. Like, the end of 2000, that season, it was like, you know, she was popping up here and there. Uh, I do not know, which I probably should have looked up, like, what her appearance was like then. Like, if it was consistent... And I only mention that because there's a lot of times where I've read books and like the, and this is older books. I'll say books from like pre nineties and then somewhere up in nineties, two thousands where they'll draw a character, black, white, Asian, whatever. And they'll get the color wrong, like with the hair of the costume, or maybe they're drawn different from one issue to the next, like different clothing. I hate that. Um, there is an issue of X-Men, I want to say X-Men Blue, where Kitty Pride and Rogue both have bangs and both have like a high ponytail, but the way that they're colored on one panel, the colorist drew, colored Kitty Pride in Rogue's colors or vice versa, and it really threw me off, and that stuck with me because it happened when I was a kid, and to this day, when I see that panel, I'm just annoyed, but... Whatever, again, I digress. <laughs> I just wonder if her look was consistent back then for her to be popping up in so many different books. Now, let's fast forward to 2009. Monica appeared in the limited series Marvel Divas. This was partly inspired by Sex in the City. Like, ugh. So, Marvel Divas, Divas, Divas was a limited series uh, published by Marvel, of course, uh, by the editor-in-chief Joe Casada, and it revealed in his weekly blog with MySpace, yo, MySpace, uh, comic books that the series follows four female heroes who up until now had nothing in common. The group featured Firestar, Angelica Jones, Black Cat, Felicia Hardy, or Felicia Hardesky, before she changed her name, Hellcat, Patsy Walker, and Photon, Monica Rambeau, who was called Photon at the time. Four single women who bond over their inabilities to find a solid romance. Which is like... What the fuck? Like, I'm all for a romance book. I'm all for Sex in the City. I'm all for that. But, like, that's what they bond over? And I I don't know. It just seems... I don't want to say silly because I'm sure that someone out there would want to read that. But, like, give me... 
don't know. I don't know. Um, anyways, the series had four main storylines that connected to a very larger story. So Hellcat dealt with her ex-husband, Damien Hellstrom, um, trying to re-enter her life. Monica, uh, dealing with an ex, helps her uh, helps Brother Voodoo retrieve a powerful artifact. Uh, Felicia considers a return to her former life of crime. And Firestar, uh, who was a graduate student of art history at the time, deals with her radiation powers giving her breast cancer. Which is like, I don't know... It, this issue isn't about that, but I've, it seems it seems kind of odd to me. If you have read Marvel Divas, uh, and regardless if you liked it or hated it, let me know. Uh, let me know, and let me know out there if there's something that I should maybe check out. If that's something that you know you think I would enjoy, because based off that description, I'm kind of like, eh, yeah. But changed my mind. <laughs> so that was that in 2009. Now, after a cameo in Great Lakes Avengers number one. And New Thunderbolts issues 8 and 9. She appeared in Order, the, the comic Order, in issues 5 and 6. She starred in Next Wave, issues 1 through 12. Following the cancellation of that series, she was briefly seen in Civil War, She-Hulk, and has a main character in Marvel Divas, of course, 1 through 4. And Heralds, 1 through 5. Uh, she appeared in Iron Age, number 1, that was in 2011. And then Captain Marvel, number 7 and 8. Journey into Mystery, uh, issue 649, and Age of Ultron. So it seems like, I don't know, I feel like for such a powerful and such a meaningful character, it's like, why isn't she, why does she have her own title? Or why isn't she being featured more? Like, these little issues are fine, but are they connected enough that a, uh, a fan, if you're a fan of hers from back then, you could like, oh, this, even though I don't have a, a series with her as the, main character or her own series i have so many other books to choose from because it feels as if i don't know it just doesn't feel like i know how i am with generation x and the issues that i've had with that series ending and the characters being thrown all over the place it's like as a monica rambeau stan or fan is this something that was okay to you you know let me know using the hashtag cbm pod now <sighs> Starting in September of 2013, she appeared as one of the lead characters in the Marvel Now relaunch. Marvel Now. Now, I vaguely remember Marvel Now because, again, for you longtime listeners and new listeners, I stepped away from comics for a while. It was like damn near 10 years. So when I came back, it was around this time, like 2012, 2013. I'll probably say 2013 for sure. Like, but whatever. And so I remember that Marvel Now branding, but I also remember like trying to get caught up on and figure out what the hell was going on in comics and like what I wanted to start collecting and whatnot. But I remember the branding. So this was a relaunch of several ongoing comic books that were published by Marvel, of course. This happened in October of 2012 with a whole bunch of new number ones. The relaunch... Included like Uncanny Avengers, all new X-Men, blah, 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 whatever. And this was um, the shifting of Marvel following, oh, what storyline was that? Uh, Secret Wars, I believe. Was it? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was right after Secret Wars. But all that being said, we got the Marvel Now branding, uh, relaunch of Mighty Avengers, and Monica acted as the team's field leader under the new codename Spectrum. So take a shot. Uh, she was part of the 2015 Ultimates team, which that was a good book. So Ultimates was like, pretty much, let's call a spade a spade. It was the Black Avengers. 
the Black Avengers. So the Ultimates was written by Al Ewing and drawn by Kenneth Rockefort. The team consisted of, and when I read these names off, you tell me this one, the Black Avengers. Monica Rambeau, Black Panther, Blue Marvel, Captain America, oh, not Captain America, excuse me, Miss America and Captain Marvel. Now, yeah, Captain Marvel is a white woman, and yeah, Miss Marvel is Latinx, but this is the Black Avengers. <laughs> that went the Black Avengers. Now, um, in Marvel Now, in 2016, the Ultimates broke up, but they are later reunited and asked to become one of the heroes of Galactus, which, spoiler alert, there's that. Now, I, I have that series... Um, I don't have it in trade. I have it in individual issues, but I have so many issues that I have to find it. I would really love to do some sort of, uh, maybe, mm, well, I want to say, okay, I'll, I'll write it down. I want to do something with it. I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, ultimates. Yeah. We'll, we'll revisit that in future episodes. So with that, they broke up, reunited, became the Heroes of Galactus, who was now, at that time, the Lifebringer of Worlds, which was a whole thing. Now, I thought that that was such a good book, and for you to bring in someone like Blue Marvel, working next to Black Panther, working next to Monica Rambeau, like, that was a pretty big deal. Like, you talk about the Trinity over at DC, yeah, they may not be held in the same regard, but you, like, Black Panther's super visual. Everybody and their mama, it's a household name. I think even at that time, it was like, you knew who Black Panther was, if I'm not misremembering. But then also, Monica Rambeau, as far as old comic book guys and girls, that's like, you have to know who she is. Let's, let's not, let's not fuck, let's not play. <laughs> Monica is that girl. She's that girl. And then having Blue Marvel, who is like immensely powerful, like, oh my God, the things that could have been done. Three dark-skinned, beautiful black people. But, again, I digress. <laughs> and then Miss America, like, come on. Miss Chavez, tell me, in this, she was bad as hell. America Chavez, Miss America, like, I'm, I'm do have to do a whole issue on her as well, so be ready for that. Um, and Captain Marvel was super visual at that time. Like she, like, even if you didn't know who she was, like you recognized her from different books. So there's that. Now she was, she being uh, Monica was a major, major character in the Avengers in their weekly story arc, Avengers No Road Home. She worked alongside Hawkeye, Hercules, Hulk, Scarlet Witch, Vision, so pretty much WandaVision, uh, Voyager, and Rocket Raccoon. It was meant to be a sort of, we'll say, spiritual or emotional successor to the previous Avengers uh, weekly story arc, Avengers No Surrender. So, she had a lot of shit going on. So, before getting into her, like, in-continuity uh, history, let's go over her powers a bit. So, energy form. Due to bombardment by extra-dimensional energies, Monica can transform herself into any form of energy within the electromagnetic spectrum. Among the many energy forms, she has assumed and is able to control our gamma rays, shout out to the Hulk, X-rays, ultraviolet radiation, visible light, electricity, infrared radiation, microwaves, and radio waves. She apparently accomplished this by transformation, by mentally stunting the matter of her body into the dimension from which she draws her energy. So, this woman <laughs> mentally 
shoots her the matter, not her body, like the physical matter of her body into a different dimension that she's pulling that said energy from. For those of you who are familiar with Nightcrawler from X-Men, I the way I picture it is the way that he teleports. So it was mentioned, and don't ask me to you know pull up receipts, but I remember it being said that when he transports, because there's this sulfur smell, it was initially thought that he just went from point A to point B. Then I want to say it was probably X-Men Evolution. I think that was when I, I I learned of this, where he goes from some hell dimension then to his d destination. So it's point A to hell dimension to point B. And that's the way I picture her powers working, where she'll transform in stasis A. Her, the matter physicalness of her body gets shunted to whatever micro radio gamma dimension. And then B, she comes on on the other side in that physical form, but fully energized. <laughs> I just made that up. But yeah, that word anyways. But that's the way I picture it. So um, then her body is replaced with the corresponding amount of energy. Now her mind remains in the dimension to control the energy parcel that has taken the place of her body. So it's almost like, um, I'm not a gamer, so don't laugh at me if I get this wrong. Um, those like Avatar or first person shooter games i would imagine or like vr where like you are just controlling this body from elsewhere that's what i imagine so she assumes an energy form she gains all of that energy's properties so monica is apparently unlimited by the amount of time that she can remain in her energy form so whereas it's like oh i'm exhausted i've been doing this for five minutes no sis can stay in this form for like days i would imagine so um, she can only transform herself into, uh, what is it, one wavelength of energy at a time, which, okay, that makes sense, but she can transform between one energy state and another in a fraction of a second. So, again, if I'm fire, energy, whatever, gamma rays, and I want to switch to ultraviolet, do it in a heartbeat. Now, with this, she isn't a mutant. Monica isn't classified as a mutant, but by mutant definitions, I, I would imagine that she is or would be seen as Omega level. Like, there's no reason why this brief description of her powers would not then have you thinking, oh, this motherfucker can pretty much do some Phoenix level shit. Now, it says that uh, the limit to the amount of energy that she can transmit through her body at a given time is unknown, so she... Yeah, again, Omega level to me. Extensive energy transformation and manipulation can be physically taxing once she reform, returns to her physical form, which, okay, cool. And before y'all talk about something, well, that can't be Omega because she get tired. Case in point, Jean Grey. That motherfucker on the animated series passed out every five seconds. And also, any character, that's usually what happens when you have this um, different form. Whenever you revert back, you're tired anyway. So I ain't buying it. Monica is Omega level to me. <laughs> so she um, alters her appearance. She can use her facility over her light, uh, her facility over light to modulate her energy and modify her appearance and outwardly take the form of other people. So she pretty much shapeshifting like a motherfucker. However, when she does this, she doesn't actually change her physical shape. She um, just makes it appear as if. So I would imagine if she's, let's say, 5'9", 140 pounds, she can probably make her face by bending light or whatever the hell she's doing look like, let's say, Captain America. But yet, sis will still be short. She won't be no 6'1", 250-plus pound man. She'll still look, she'll look like him, but in her own size, which 
I'm good with that. Flight. Uh, she can fly um, in any of her wavelengths, so any any physical form she takes. Superhuman speed. She is capable of moving and reacting at superhuman speeds, ranging from the speed of sound to light speed while in her energy form. Intangibility, which this one right here gets me. She can phase through solid matter in certain energy fields depending on their wavelengths. Now, taking a few steps back, when I say a few steps, I mean go all the way back to CBN Pod Season 1, Episode 2. Shard, Shard Bishop, was a hard light construct at the end of her run. Can you imagine a team-up book or just a Monica Rambeau book where you have Shard Bishop in there? I don't know if they're solving mysteries, dealing with romantic issues like in Marvel Divas, flying across the fucking galaxy. Like two black women, an aboriginal and a New Orleans born and raised, thick-ass accent, having-ass girl. Like, brah, this would be a fucking phenomenal series and not no limited series give me an ongoing with a fucking creative team that's whooping ass great artists pull it back so <laughs> on top of intangibility she has invisibility she is often visible in most of her forms but can make herself appear visible like you can be invisible or invisible like tell me why she isn't more, like in this next phase of marvel I'm going to need them to step them cookies up for their crumble. <laughs> Cause where's my Mac concealer? <laughs> Cause man, Monica, that's not like a fucking stand right now. But like, I mean, look at the material. Look at the material. So also energy duplication. When she encounters a new or unfamiliar energy, listen. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run that back. When she encounters a new or unfamiliar energy. Monica can often duplicate it, giving enough time for analysis. Sis is smart as the fuck. So, again, going back to that fanfic of it all, let's get uh, Everett Thomas, Sink in here, who can sync up with anybody superpowered around him, or I believe non-superpowered as well. You get Shard and Monica in a book. You throw in Blackboard from St. Louis with his power to pretty much copy and also um, duplicate and kind of work the power in a different way than the, the person who has the power hasn't. Bruh, they kill it. They whooping ass. <laughs> so she can do that. She can copy in, uh, different energies. And then, um, let's see, she's capable of absorbing energy, given her own energy form. Um is the right type at the right wavelength. So that I like that as well because it puts a bit more science into it. So she's capable of absorbing energy given in her own energy form as long as that energy type matches with her own. I don't know the science behind that, but let's just say she's in the X-ray form and she encounters a radio wave. Um, she can absorb it, but if that radio wave is not compatible with that uh, X-ray wave, then it ain't working. That's the poor man's explanation. So also energy blast. She mentally controls both type and quantity of energy that she wishes to transmit. It is not known. Again, here we go. These omega level receipts. It is not known the maximum amount of energy she can transmit at a given time. <sighs> okay, man. She, she got it going on. <laughs> so with that... <laughs> <laughs> Monica can divert energy so hard light for example for use as force beams 
which have the equivalent of 300 tons of TNT of explosive force. Again, I would like to see her and Scott Summers go at it. It doesn't have to be some uh, fight to the death. It doesn't have to be we enemies. I just want to see y'all motherfuckers duke it out in the danger room because if he got this concussive blast and she can turn this hard light into concussive blast of 300 Man, okay. So I feel like I'm standing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you follow along with me, uh, tweet CBN Pod and say, hell yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I know you with me or put hell no. If you're like, motherfucker, I ain't with that shit. <laughs> so hyper cosmic awareness. Now, Blue Marvel mentioned that while she has on a hard light semblance to resemble the human form, she, Monica, does not process sensory reception like a regular being anymore. Her consciousness perpetuates approximate human senses, allowing her to know just what she's seeing, hearing, or feeling, and translate into something in her physiology recognizes. So, to this extent, she's also aware of when something is grievously wrong with the universe as well, having a prophetic dream of uh, cages around the world. So this, So, while she's in this form, she doesn't like physically with that energy form feel like a punch but she can take that punch and translate it to her physical mind that's elsewhere controlling this energy form while in this energy form not only am i able to have these feelings and you know whatever else but i can sense when something is off around the fucking galaxy like bruh the universe i don't know this she I need to read more Monica Rambeau. Um, and this where I'm not going to say this where I think it's idiotic, idiotic memory. Um, ever since she acquired her powers, Monica's photographic memory has improved. This allows her to have total recall of everything she sees. Now, Adam Brashear theorizes that this is an effect of a latent cosmic awareness, which, duh, uh, that she has due to being an energy consciousness. Like, she sounds like Monet St. Croix. Like, again, give me a title, a Monica Rambo title where Shard Bishop is her plucky sidekick or her homegirl from the fifth flow, like bruh man. We get Everett Thomas Sink up in there helping out every now and then. Maybe him and Shard get a little romance going on. Throw in Monet and all her family bullshit. Add in Bishop as a guest star every now and then and set that shit in New Orleans, Louisiana, where this girl is from. Bruh. Like, come on. Come on. Um, a few other abilities. She's a skilled leader. Of course, she has strong leadership skills. And she was also in law enforcement. Master combatant. She is a master at hand-to-hand -hand combat. Her skills are increased thanks to her law enforcement training, which is, uh, okay. Um, she's a skilled detective, a strong swimmer, nautical expertise, multilingual. She speaks French, of course, from Louisiana, Portuguese, and English. Now, her strength level as a normal human female with moderate to regular exercise, that is her in her human form, which, okay, I'm good with that. So, all the powers and stuff out the way, let me know. Use the hashtag CBNPod. How do we feel about Monica now versus the start of this episode? Because I venture to think that y'all are on my side. Well, she, she's a bad bitch. She, yeah, she a bad bitch. And she need to have her own book. She need to be in the Avengers more. She need to be featured a little bit more than she has. 
and she need to be able to have her own goddamn movie in this next phase. <laughs> but no, seriously though, let me know um, with the power sets that I've laid out for you, how do you feel about Monica so far, especially those of you who did not even know who she was until um, until this episode or until recently. So now let's get into her background. Now, Monica Rambeau was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, yeah, <laughs> to Frank and Maria Rambeau. Now, Maria, we saw her in the MCU. We saw her in Captain Marvel, and I really, really, really enjoyed seeing her. I like that they, I like that we got her mother in such a, got so much time to spend with her on screen. I don't know if she's dead in this in this current day and age. I don't know if she's going to be on WandaVision, if she'll ever pop up again. But I do like that we were able to see these two generations of this Rambo family. I hate that we didn't see Frank, but whatever. Now, Monica was a lieutenant in the New Orleans Harbor Patrol and operated as a cargo ship captain. Now, trying to prevent the creation of a dangerous weapon... Monica was exposed to extra-dimensional energy. Now, as a result, she was then able to convert her body into energy. Now, after this event, the media called her Captain Marvel. Now, following a very close call where her excess energy nearly made her a danger to others before it was drained off by Iron Man and Spider-Man, she decided to use her powers of to fight crime, oh, excuse me, to fight crime under that code name, Captain Marvel. Which, now, Monica Rambeau aside, like, she is 80, did it say 82? Whatever. So, in the 80s, she popped up. X-Men had been around since the 60s. And this is a, a real hard left tangent, but I hate that Marvel has to do, and I don't even know if they've done it, all this retconning. Where you have to make it make sense, and I've said this before, that people hate the X-Men and the mutants, but they love them a Captain America. They love them an Iron Man and the Spider-Man. It's like, how would you, the average citizen, even know what the hell, who is doing what? Because if that's the case, if I become a mutant, why not just put on a mask and start fighting crime? You're just going to love me anyway. So, that's been addressed in a few X-Men uh, issues, a few X-Men titles. Let me know if you have any explanation or any theories. Use that hashtag CBMPod. Um, I get that these comics were just coming out. And the landscape of comics back then in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and 90s is not what it is now. So I get that part. So I intellectually understand what's going on. But it's still like, bruh, how you pick and choosing who to hate? But, you know, whatever. Now... When uh, Iron Man and Spider-Man helped her out, she decided to use those powers to fight crime. Now, she was told by Benjamin Grimm, Ben Grimm of the Fantastic Four, that the name had originally been used by the late Cree hero Marvel. But Ben assured her that Marv, <laughs> Marv wouldn't mind. I probably ain't the only thing in the world either. <laughs> what was that accent? I don't know. But uh, cool. So. Let's move on to her time at the Avengers. Now, Monica sought out the Avengers for help in mastering her new powers and became a member in training. She soon helped them with a battle against Egghead. <laughs> What's a silly-ass name? So, Egghead is um, it's an alias used by two fictional characters, both for being supervillains in the Marvel comics. Now, uh, befriended and mentored by Avengers veteran Captain America and the Wasp, <laughs> 
Captain Marvel soon graduated to full membership after the battle against Plant Man. Which, girl, Plant Man. <laughs> Again, Plant Man is the name of two fi- uh, fictional characters in Marvel comic books. Now, she became the first African-American heroine. Whew. So, and another quick aside, I wonder what that Avengers training to graduation even looks like. It can't really go by age, because it's like, you know, people might get their powers at 30, some might get them at 15. Then you got people who just, like, create suits like Iron Man, or maybe you get a serum like Captain America, or hell, you got, you know, them wings like the Wasp. So I wonder what that's like. Now, Monica also assisted Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch in battling Dracula. Like, how dope would that be for us to, like, at the end of WandaVision, for Wanda, Monica to, I don't know, have to team up with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and fight Dracula. Like, that shit, that would be ridiculous. I'm here for it. Now, two of Monica's enemies are super-powered psychiatrist Moonstone, which is a Carly's, Carla Sofin, or Sophine, Sophin, and Moonstone's powerful pawn, Blackout, which is Marcus Daniels. He wields the Dark Force. She is a cosmic character with some, like, magical occult villains. She doesn't seem to spend all her time in the cosmic realm. So I do like that because then it comes down to you both are a sort of science or a sort of magic, but very different branches of it. I do like that. I like the idea that you have a character like somebody who has super strength fighting somebody who has super speed. I like that it's because now you have to get creative with how you're defeating this person, even though she worked with Dr. Strange and Scholar, which two Supremes. You know, for lack of a better term. Now, Captain Marvel's first encountered them when the Avengers opposed the duo's escape from incarceration. This was in Project Pegasus. Now, after that, Monica temporarily lost her ability to transform back to her human form during the battle against Dr. Eric Paulson. Where she forgot, excuse me, how to transform back. So, that right there, I think, also... Kind of is a receipt for her, for us not knowing how long or what's the limit of time that she can be in this energy form. Another thing that I'm curious about is, let's say she went a whole two months in her energy form. When she reverted back to her human form, would she then like sleep for two months? <clears throat> Excuse me, I wonder what that what that bounce back would be. Um, so anyways, while she battled Dr. Eric Paulson, she fought alongside Spider-Man and Star Fox. Uh, she was with them when the Beyonder abducted the team and the other Earth superheroes for the very first Secret War saga. Cool. Now, Moonstone and Blackout returned as members of Baron Zemo's Masters of Evil. We know about Zemo. We know about him from Captain America. Now, participating in an occupation of Avengers Mansion and trapping Monica in the Dark Force dimension with the help from the Shroud... Monica was able to escape in time to help retake the mansion. During that battle, Moonstone became temporarily paralyzed and Blackout died. Which is like, I think that if you're fighting some villains, even though you're like, fuck it, get them out of here. Like, to to see someone die, and I know it's comic books, and so like, wild shit happens all the time. But, I think eventually you'll probably get desensitized. But, golly, I think it's one thing to be a cop in New Orleans 
arresting criminals, detecting work, but then <laughs> to then see two supervillains or your arch enemies, one get paralyzed and one die. Like, yeah, there's the whole great. Now they're out of my hair, but then it's like these people died and one is paralyzed. So I don't know. That's just me. Now, um, another of Monica's major early foes was the murderous interstellar pirate Nebula. So, it's fuck Nebula all day. Um, she shanghaied Monica into space for an extended period before she reunited with the Avengers. So, I wonder what those, I don't know, issues were like. All that shit that happened off panel. And I wonder what Nebula, like if we're going to get any Nebula versus Monica scenes even if they're not major like fight scenes like are they going to hit it off right away in the mcu um are we going to address this maybe you know subvert uh expectations and make them best of gal pals you know best friends so captain marvel also took part in a few battles once against the beyonder um against a confused Jean gray against king the conqueror grandmaster like she's she her resume shows that she should be at higher on the list than what she is like sis has got the chops she has the power she has the experience she has the pre-power experience as well and like ah, she's been doing a bunch of shit also she was let's move it to the next portion a leader of the avengers so later on she replaced the wasp as the leader of the avengers she commanded them in battles against the x-men the olympian gods and super adaptoid now fam She's leading against the X-Men, Olympian gods, and super adaptoid. Well, fam, these are not no low-level villains. This ain't Stilt Man. This ain't Dr. Glasses. This ain't no small fry. So she spent a lot of time kind of taking care of like bickering and shit between Hercules and Namor the Submariner and dealing with the telepath Dr. Droid. Huh. So he sought to kind of take her out as the Avengers leader. Undermined her at every opportunity, which is like, Lord, can you imagine that time in her life being written by a black woman? Like the microaggressions, the outright blatant disrespect. You not taking my leadership seriously? Like, and did you give uh, the Wasp the same bullshit, like, uh, I don't know, y'all, I just feel like this is an episode of me standing, and I, I'm standing in it, so, when the honorary Avengers member and wife of the Submariner, Marina, transformed into the gigantic sea monster Leviathan, Captain Marvel led the hunt for this creature, now, during that battle, the battle that followed, Monica transformed herself into a massive bolt of lightning to try and stop the beast. Like, damn, again, she got the chops. She made contact with her with the water and accidentally concussed herself across the surface of the ocean, dispersing all her atoms so widely that she barely regained physical form. Bruh, she, an accident? That was an accident, and look how much power that, man. So she reformed as a frail, withered husk of a woman devoid of superpower which is like okay like knock it off guys now as sad and terrible as that is let's move into regaining those powers so she got them damn powers back so after retiring from the team 
Monica regained her first physical health and eventually her powers. Now, initially, she developed the ability to manipulate mechanical energy for various effects. I'm thinking like a Jubilee level something. She resumed crime fighting and facing foes such as Brazilian crime lord Cristina Ramos, Moonstone, and Powder Keg, which is like, what are these names? Powder Keg? Come on, fam. Um, at the same time, she served as a cargo ship captain and her friend Ron Morgan's shipping company before starting her own charter business. It's also sister's business-minded. She started her own goddamn business. Even without power, she is not um, devoid of purpose. Like, come on, man. You can't. Let's not play her. Let's not play my girl Monica. <laughs> so she does all that, gets her business. So Monica stayed connected with the Avengers and served as a reservist. So, you know, sometimes she also even took the leadership role. Who like, bruh, I don't know. Okay. So she helped repel an Atlantean invasion of the surface world, which that's a big deal. She assisted in the Acts of Vengeance, which involved a uh, multi-villain attack on Earth superheroes, uh, or in the Terminus Factor, which was um, some shit, <laughs> not important, but very serious. Now, Monica led a reserve substitute roster during the team's first United Nations-backed reorganization. Re 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 That's a recognition, Lord. So she does, all, she does all that. Mind you, this is... Got my powers back. I'm a reserve member. I'm reserved, but I'm so good. Sometimes I take over as the leader. Now I got my own fucking team. While y'all off doing what y'all doing, I'm at, man, she she got the chops. <laughs> so after the Atlantean invasion, after the Acts of Vengeance, after Terminus Factor, she and leading her own substitute roster, bruh, she took on another leadership role during the Kree-Shiar War and led an Avengers delegation to the Shi'ar Empire to petition for peace. She's a peacemaker. She's a business owner. She's um, a cop, which, whatever, do or not. She is uh, a cosmic being with all this immense power. She is a person who stands on her own with or without her power. She's a leader. Like, she got so much shit going for her. So when a group of aliens calling themselves the Star Blasters tried to push the moon away from Earth, <laughs> Quasar assembled a team with some of the most powerful heroes of the world. Listen to what I said. Quasar assembled a team with some of the most powerful heroes of the world, recruiting Monica Rambeau, <laughs> Carol Danvers, Black Bolt, Hyperion, Icarus, Darkstar, Vanguard, and Peron. Now, them, them folks don't matter. And forgive me, because I feel like I'm getting real aggressive as if y'all are disagreeing with me, which some of you might be, I don't care, but like, <laughs> I'll dial it back a bit. So, Quasar recruited all these supremely powerful folks. Now, during this adventure, Monica's original powers gradually regenerated, fully returning when the alien Stranger, that was, that's, her, that's the person's name, accelerated the process. Now, when Genesis became an Avenger, Genesis Vale. That's his. Um, he's a legacy Captain Marvel character. Uh, so when he became an Avenger, he was known as Captain Marvel, like his father before him. Miss Monica Rambeau gave him that name. So let's take another shot, because now she gave up that name for him. Now Star Fox and Genesis teamed up to defeat the Controller. 
controller and um Genesis tried to give the title of Captain Marvel back to Monica because he felt that she was more worthy of it. But Monica was like, eh, nah, Marvel, that's your dad, pretty much. It's your legacy. I'll get this new alias, Photon. So take a shot. Captain Marvel to Photon. Now, Avengers Return. After return of the main Avengers from the pocket universe created by Franklin Richards, which, like, listen to that. If you aren't familiar with any of these people, that's probably going to sound silly as shit. I'll run it back. After the return of the main Avengers from the pocket universe created by Franklin Richards, <laughs> who's the son of Invisible Woman Sue Storm Richards and the uh, Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards. Um... Almost all of the current and former Avenger members were tapped or trapped, excuse me, in a curse created by Morgan Le Fay, which is like, I know this is comic, so I get this stuff has to happen all the time, but it's like, these motherfuckers didn't get a break. They, no days off for show. Uh, so <clears throat> they were trapped in a curse by Morgan Le Fay, where she served, they served as her soldiers in the uh, guard called the Queen's Vengeance. Now, due to her strong loyalty to the group, Monica, under the name Daystar, take a shot, was one of the first Avengers to recover their will and rebel against the sorcerers, which is like, again, black woman doing what needs to be done. I see you, black woman. Now, later, when Photon, let's take another shot because technically name change, was attacked by the Wrecking Crew... <laughs> <laughs> who were too legit, too legit to quit, no. Um, in the middle of Mardi Gras of New Orleans, she asked the Avengers for help and wound up being involved in an adventure in Archon's world with the group and her fellow Avenger, Black Knight. Now, Archon um, is also, of course, the Marvel Comics character. He is the warlord and ruler of the extra-dimensional world of Pomachus? Mm, Pomacus. P-O-L-E-M-A-C-H-U-S. I think it's Pomachus. The conceit of the character is that he is a hero from the sword and sorcery game in the world of modern superheroes, which is not really that important. Now, uh, she fought alongside her former teammates against Bloodwraith and Lord Templar and Pagan. Bro, she's done a lot. Now, after that, Monica helped the team in the deep space, monitoring the station with Quasar, and living lightning. They were called into action in Kang's War. So she's been in wars. She's been in pocket dimensions. She's been under the influence of sorcerers. And all this good shit. Now supporting her friend. Janet Van Dyne. And advertising the new recruit. Triathlon on his current issues. As the newest member of the team. In the world crisis. By Zodiac. And when the Scarlet Witch suffered a nervous breakdown. And attacked the Avengers. So she has done a lot. She was in Kang's War. She supported Janet Van Dyne. She helped Triathlon, ugly ass. She um, um, fought Zodiac. And then the Scarlet Witch, who was like pretty unstable, like having to deal with her shit. Man. So let's move on. Pulsar to Next Wave. Now, when Genesis Vale wanted to establish a new identity for himself, he began calling himself Photon, which is like, hold the fuck up. So, I'm Captain Marvel. You take the name because you're a legacy character to Captain Marvel, who was like your daddy or some shit. 
Then you try to give it back and I say, no, you know, it's, keep it in the family. You keep it. I'll change my name to Photon. You didn't change your name to Photon. Like, what the fuck is going on? What are you doing? What are you doing, Genesis? Stupid ass. So, Monica confronted him, as she should have. But she decided to let Genesis keep the, the Photon alias after she came up with the name that she liked better, which was Pulsar. Which I'm like, I call bullshit on that. Because what I'm not going to do is let you keep fucking running over me. Now, the first one with Captain Marvel was like, okay, whatever, fam. This uh, family name, keep it. But there's no other name. Like, you have no thesauruses around you. You have to... You had to use... Bruh, I don't know. I don't like that. I feel like she should have put up more of a fight. Like, no, motherfucker, what you're not gonna do. But that's just me. Now, Monica later led the next wave team part of the highest anti-terrorism effort, a.k.a. hate, against the unusual weapons of mass destruction that were created by the Beyond Corporation. Beyond Corporation is some bullshit. Um, they always fucking up some shit. Next Wave. It was... It's showing that this was like a humorous comic book. It was written by Warren Ellis. Um, published between 2006-2007. But... I don't know. I don't have much history with Next Wave. If you do, use the hashtag CBNPod. Um, with it showed here as a humorous comic book, let me know if that was the vibe of that book, if that if it wasn't as serious. Um, kind of like with Marvel Divas, I, I don't know if that would be a book for me. Uh, but, you know, if you if you recommend it, let me know. Now, uh, during the destruction created by Beyond Wave, she avoided using a code name and wore a new uniform. So, take a shot for her not having a code name. Let's do that. Now, during the superhero Civil War, Monica was a member of Captain America's Secret Avengers, but also registered as a member of the initi initiative. Excuse me. Um, yeah, yeah, she did that. Now, a lot of stuff, I'm, I'm again, I'm wondering, like, if you have this black woman written by black people, specifically black women, what would, what would her time look like here? Um, I get that, you know, in certain workspaces or, you know, even neighborhoods, you could be, you know, very much the token person because it's just like that's how it's set up. But I have to believe in a fictional world, where everything is made up and the points don't matter, that why would she... I hate the issue with her and characters like Storm, where they're like this super powerful black woman in this space where it's like completely white. And it's like you only know them. I don't know. I think her time in Louisiana is probably better than like. I don't know, maybe Storm's time in Africa because like you, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like that idea that this character of color is like one, one of one in these spaces. Like, huh. and things are getting better, but still it's like, man, they better do Monica Justice in this fucking WandaVision and going forward because shit, if you're going to fuck this up, you can't fuck this up when then you, whatever, I, <laughs> Y'all know how it is. So, anywho, uh, she registered as a member of the initiative. Now, when Brother Voodoo asked for Monica's help in tracking down some evil sorcerers, 
She revealed a former relationship with Brother Voodoo to Black Cat, Hellcat, and Firestar. Okay. Despite her breaking it off, Voodoo still had feelings for Rambo. She agreed to aid him rekindling their relationship in the process. And then it's like, that's cool, but is she in a relationship with him because that's the like nearest black character? Um, mm, okay. And then like, does she not have any black homegirls to talk to? Because yes, I love me some Felicia Hardesky like all day, but like, come on. Black Cat, Hellcat, and Firestar? Like what? Okay. These are homegirls? Like, all right. All right. Now, she later attended Emma Frost's birthday party in Las Vegas, where she helped solve a cosmic crisis involving Frankie Ray. <laughs> I love that name, Frankie Ray. Uh, Frankie Ray is also a Marvel Comics character, homegirl. Now, the group continued to meet partly over their support of Firestar, who had battled and defeated breast cancer. So, these are the events of uh, Marvel Divas, I imagine. Now, she used her powers under the water, which was... I don't know, a big deal. So, Carol Danvers, uh, this she did this while helping Carol Danvers in an investigation of the Gulf of Mexico. Mexico, excuse me. Now, she had a traumatic traumatic experience in the battle against Marina Smallwood and aided Iron Man and the Avengers in deep space. So, because of that traumatic experience, she was kind of scared to use her powers underwater, which I guess is like, okay, you know, trauma is trauma. And, um, yeah. So then she aided Iron Man and the Avengers in deep space monitoring station against the ancient Viking monster who claimed to be the Emperor of Mars. She spent a lot of time in outer space. Like she's very much a cosmic character. I'm really excited to see what direction they go with Monica in this new phase. And I keep saying that, but the more that it's discussed, it's like, man, there's so many different ways you could go um, with this character. And with trying to kind of like retcon her, like how much with her being in WandaVision, she looks, I don't know, let's just say 24, 25. Um, where, what has her life been like since Captain Marvel till now? Like the Battle of New York, uh, the Netflix shit that didn't really happen, but like happened. Um, all of these different incident, instances, incidents, all of that, all of the above, what type of background is she bringing to this show as as far as things that could be retcon because we saw her as a kid and we're going to see her as an adult we have all this immense power I'm, I'm really i'm really excited i'm really excited for it so finally let's get down to marvel now now during the infinity storyline monica took the name of spectrum so take a shot <laughs> what's that like five or six we've taken now she chased after the criminal Blue Streak, which, great Martin film. Uh, even the police officers that arrested him were impressed by her latest alias and her new costume. They were like, wow, Cerulean Blue. I don't know. So Spe <laughs> Spectrum <laughs> returned to um, a specialist shop in New York where a man named Luke sells designer superhero costumes, which, okay, sure. He mentioned... That someone was waiting for her in the next room. Now, Monica recognized that man, though apparently all he wanted to do was talk and ask for help. Now, Spectrum heard the explosions when Proximia. Prox. Mm, Proximina. Mm, nope. Proxima Midnight. <laughs> Y'all, I can read. When Proxima Midnight began her attack on the city, 
Her mysterious guest says he cannot be seen in America and needed her help for a mysterious mission. But she was adamant that he was in a costume shop and if he wanted her help, he'd put on a costume and come help her. Like, girl, I don't think that's how this works. Uh, but whatever. So Monica became the field leader of Luke Cage's new Mighty Avengers team in the wake of that event. Now, during the last day's part of Secret War storyline, Spectrum devised a plan to destroy Earth-1610 to keep it from colliding with Earth-616. In desperation, during the two weeks before the end of the world, Spectrum channeled her full power and went to destroy Earth-1610. However, right before she could successfully destroy the other Earth, she spotted a group of children who lived there, causing her to hesitate for only a moment, long enough for the ultimate Reed Richards to capture her. Fuck you, Reed. So, that is where we're going to stop off. Stop off? Pop off. Pop off, motherfucker. Now, that's where we're going to stop uh, with the Monica Rambeau timeline. Um, How do we feel about Monica? So, all my standing aside, is she someone who, one, you knew about before this episode of Carefree Black Nerd? Um, if so, did you just know about her in name or were you like very familiar? And for those of you who are fans, stands, familiar, known about her, let me know about her. Like what's some good issues for me to read? I've read some of her appearances and like going through the research for this episode. I've also kind of skimmed through a few like panels and storylines and whatnot. But let me know what is like your go-to issue for her. Like, you know, oh, you got to read, you know, issues such and such, such, she did this and that. Um, or like her relationship with her parents or like shit even if it's just Captain Marvel the film is the first time you were made aware of her that's fine as well um, I like her I would like to see her with her own title I like that we're getting her in WandaVision because I'm hoping that that spawns off to more appearances of her which would hopefully get her more titles she deserves a standalone title I'm of the mindset that every character in any um, well Marvel and DC anyways deserves to have at least a limited series like if it's a character that you don't really care about or who ain't been around who people ain't cared about in their whole time you know at that company i still think that they could be put into somebody's series watching what tom king did in his batman run with like kite man it's like you have this abundance of characters and yet we keep getting the same people over and over. You can't tell me that there's no way to do a Monica Rambeau book and go and get some old ass silver age villains and heroes to team her up with and make your own damn stories. Like, I just sat here and gave you, like, a whole fucking roster of black characters with similar power sets set in Louisiana doing some, like, you can't, you, it's easy. Now, it might not be easy once you go up the whole corporate ladder, but, like, on the surface, everybody named Mama can do some fan fiction. Everybody named Mama can come up with, you know, at the very least a roster, if not a storyline. So, like, you know, let's not let her go to waste. Once we get her on screen. Uh, so let's see. A few other appearances of Monica. She was in the Age of Ultron. Uh, she appeared amongst some other superheroes in the Resistance. Earth A, A as an Apple. 
Um, like other people in that reality, Monica would periodically visit Earth 616 for vacations. Cool. Uh, Forever Yesterday, Monica Rambeau is featured in the New Warriors issues 11 through 13 in an alternate reality that is listed as Earth 9105, where she goes under the code name Scepter. So take a shot for that. Uh, JLA, Justice League America, and Avengers. Now, Photon, take a shot, is shown as a reservist member of the Avengers and aids them during the searching of the 12 items of power. Now, this, I believe, is during the amalgam um, shit that went down years ago. Marvel Zombies. Monica Rambeau appears in Marvel Zombies vs. the Army of Darkness, issue 3. Her next wave uniform, in her next wave uniform, rather, fighting alongside the rest of the team uh, against Power Pack, which they've been zombies. MC2. Although Monica Rambeau has never appeared in Marvel Comics' Future Era MC2 line, the comics feature her daughter by Derek Freeman, Blacklight, who first appears in A Next, issue 9. So, like, there's that. Um, what If. In the What If uh, comic, Monica Rambeau has a brief appearance if in What If the Scarlet Witch hadn't acted alone. What if Avengers disassembled? So, like, she she has some, some appearances, which is cool, but, you know, she could always have more. So, what I'm showing here is that there are 455 appearances of Monica Rambeau in Earth-616, the main uh, Marvel timeline. 60 minor appearances of Monica in Earth-616. Uh, media Monica Rambeau. Media, so her being mentioned in uh, 616. And then 328 images featuring Monica Rambeau in Earth 616. 12 quotations by or about Monica Rambeau in 616. And um, yeah, that's that's a lot. Sis was getting it in. So, you know, let me know how you feel about the character. Um, are you excited to see her in WandaVision? Um, are you even going to watch WandaVision? You know, if so, shit. Let me know. Hit me up. Do a live tweet or something. Use that hashtag CBN Movie Night. You know, I'll be doing them live tweets. Check the hashtag, fam. <laughs> and uh, let me know what you think about it. I'm hoping it's going to be as good as I've built it up in my mind. Um, I don't have extreme expectations, but, you know, being a TV show versus a movie, I'm hoping for great storytelling. And the trailers look good. So I'm all here for that. Um, so with all that being said, you know, it's been real. It's been good. Uh, Team Monica all day long. If you have more to contribute to this conversation, hit me up. Use that hashtag CBNPod or even send me an email, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. If you'd like to get your voice on the show, you know, send me a voice note or something, still, same email, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com and let me know which episode you want to, you know, talk about. I can put that onto a later episode. Um, for those of you listening on SoundCloud, please hit that heart, you know, hit the hearts, hit the hearts and comment live tweet as well, if you can. And, uh, for those of you in the future, welcome. Did anything I say get retconned, get changed? <laughs> Did this help out at all? Um, for those of you who are intimately familiar with the character, do not bite my head off. If I went against script or if I didn't focus on something that you love, charge it to my head, not my heart. And um, hit me up on all other social media platforms at Carefree Black Nerd. And uh, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, stay away. Do the second line. Do the second line. <laughs> all right, y'all.